Thank you for listening to Southside Baptist Church's sermon podcast. We trust that this podcast is an encouragement to you. If there's any way that we can pray for you, or if you have any questions about Jesus and why we serve him, please email us at info at southsidesbc.org. Again, that's info at southsidesbc.org. Thanks for listening. This morning, I want, to, um, I want to talk to you. We've been talking about preparing room for the Lord in our lives. Uh, and obviously, that is a call to make room for Him as Savior and Lord. Um, but, there, but listen, we can always um, make more room for the Lord in our lives. Amen? I think every single day we wake up, that little me wants to climb back up on the throne of my life. And so every single day, I have to say, no. Jesus is my Lord. I'm not the boss of my life. He is. Amen? And so we need to, preparing room for Christ is, is letting him be the Lord of our life each and every day. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you. Wow. Hold on just one second. I had a, um, something happen with my iPad here. There we go. You were about to hear last week's sermon. We don't want to do that again, right? There we go. We're, we're, we're just preach it. Okay, well, yeah, maybe, it need, maybe it didn't take. It needs it again. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Um, but anyway, so this morning, I want to talk to you as we wrap up this series on preparing room for the Lord in our lives. I want to talk to you about preparing to be God's instrument. Preparing to be God's instrument and to allow God to use you, um, allow God to use you in, in your life. Uh, you know, many people long to be significant. I would say most people long to be significant. People want to not, uh, you know, not just for their life to be futile. They, people long to have a purpose. We long to make an impact in the world in some way. And in the, in the secular world, we see people trying to do this in all sorts of ways all over the world, right? In lots of different ways. But for a Christian, we long to be used by God in some way. We long to be used by him to change the world, to see people come to Christ, and, and for him to use us to make an eternal impact on the world. Amen? The problem is that we have something in us that fights against that. I've told this story before, but I, I, as I was thinking about um, kind of how to open, I I want to tell this to you again. So some of you, you know, listen, I've been here 21 years. If you've been here almost that long, I'm sure you've heard lots of my stories a couple times, okay? So um, I'm not just, I, I say that because I'm, you know, I'm just not getting old and forgetting that I've told some of these things before. I, um, maybe I am, I don't know. No, I, I say that because I know I've shared this story at least once, maybe twice before. But when I was a teenager, um, I got the opportunity to go horseback riding. My one and only time horseback riding. And you'll understand why here in just a minute. Um, but one of, uh, a friend of a friend invited several of us to come to their, their farm and go horseback riding. And so there were five of us. I was kind of fifth wheeling it, okay? Two of my friends had their girlfriends. I was by myself. And so there were three horses. And as we were getting ready to ride, uh, they were going over a few things with us. And um, the reality was that one of the horses was... How do I say this? Um, was a little, 
little more wild than the other two. And so, because my friends had their girlfriends with them, um, they said, well, it probably would be best if we let them ride the, the horses that have been trained and been ridden longer and let you ride the horse that is, that is newer, that has not been quite trained all the way yet. And I didn't know any better. I'm like, okay, fine, sure, absolutely, I can do that. And so, you know, they told us, hey, you know, if the horse is not going very fast, you know, you give it a little kick and he'll go. And if it gets going too fast, just pull back on the reins. He said, listen, the rest of it you got, you, no problem. You know, you just pull, direct him where you want to go and so forth. And so we started out on our horse ride and um, we were all just kind of riding together. And sure enough, it wasn't very long before my horse just wasn't into it. He just kind of... I don't know if he was tired or what. He was just kind of going real slow. And, you know, I, I was just giving a little kick. And I was like, come on, guy. Come on. Come on, buddy. Let's, let's go. And so my, my friends were getting a little ahead of me and stuff. And so I, I kicked him a couple of times and nothing happened. And finally, and so finally, I said, okay, we got to They were getting far enough ahead. I said, we got to go. And I gave him a good kick. And yes, some of you guessed that. He started taking off. He didn't just get up to where they were. He was really going. And so about this time, I'm trying to hold on for dear life, number one. And so I go into the second thing they taught me. I'm pulling back on the reins, finally. Um, finally got him to slow down. Uh, they caught up with me a little bit then. Here we are walking again. Sure enough, wasn't long before my horse, I don't know, he just wasn't getting it. He was just going slow. I gave him another kick again. Same thing. He takes off. Oh, I have to pull back on the reins and get him to, um, get him to not go so fast. I tell you that story, friends, because of this. I believe we are all a little bit like that horse. I believe um, we want to be in control of our own life, and we don't want anybody else on our back controlling us. Can I get a witness? We all are like that. We all have those tendencies. That's called our, our sin tendencies, okay? We want to hold the reins of our lives. We want to call the shots. And even when it comes to how... Um, how God uses us, we even want to call the shots in that. We want to often decide how God will use us instead of submitting ourselves to him and letting him use us how he wants. What we end up doing is we often try to use God instead of letting him use us. What we need to realize, friends, is that is simply a formula for heartache instead of blessing. Okay? You can live your life that way as a Christian. You can use God, how you just kind of manipulate God, try to, whatever. We can't manipulate God, but we think we can. And, um, and so then we do things in, in using his name and say we're doing it in, the, in all this. And, and so we end up kind of using God instead of letting him use us. But here's the thing. If we truly desire to be used by God, then we need to change our mindset. We need to change our attitude, and we need to change our thought processes. So... What I want to do this morning is I want us to look at a very familiar, we've been looking at some very familiar Christmas stories, and um, these are stories that you know, but I want to look at these with a little, hopefully a little fresh eyes, a little fresher eyes, and, and see some things in the text that we're going to look at here in Luke chapter 1 this morning, some realities that will help us if we understand and we will embrace these, they will help us prepare us to be God's instruments and to be used by him. So if you grabbed an outline on your way in, I want you to grab that. Number one, the first reality, friends, that we need to understand and embrace is this. Is God uses people only 
by his grace. God uses people only by his grace. Listen, we can come up with the greatest ideas and the wonderful things we want to do. I know that's not a word. Anyway, um, but uh, listen, it's not up to us. It's up to God. Amen? It's up to him. Look at verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Friday night, we looked at um, the angel delivering the news of Christ's birth to Joseph. Kind of backs up in the timeline um, a little bit until uh, when the angel delivered the news to Mary. Verse 26 says, now in the sixth month, that's the sixth month of um, Elizabeth's um, pregnancy. The sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when, excuse me, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Uh, the angel, as the angel comes uh, to give this news to Mary, the angel uses a particular phrase a couple of times here. Notice that the angel repeats himself when he says that Mary has what? Found favor with God. Says, Mary, you have found favor with God. Back up in verse 28, rejoice, highly favored one. It's a little bit different, um, same word, uh, but, uh, but uh, uh, different um, figure speech there, if you will. So highly favored one. So here the angel is calling Mary favored, highly favored, blessed. The Greek word used here for highly favored is the Greek word charistao. It's from the, the root word charis, which means, any of you heard of this before? Grace, right? It speaks of God's grace. And so we need to understand, friends, that God, when God chose Mary here. That is God's unmerited favor that has chosen her out of all women, not just for salvation, but for a specific task. The word here refers to God's gracious choosing of her as his instrument. God showed unmerited favor grace upon Mary in his choice of her to be the mother of Jesus. Now, many people confuse Mary's role in the process. Uh, Many Believe because, well, Jesus, if Jesus was who he said he was, then Mary couldn't just be an ordinary girl, could she? Surely she had to be something else. And many want to say that Mary is a conferrer of grace. Uh, That's not what the scripture says. Uh, the, the, The angel calls her highly favored and is speaking of the grace that God has poured out to her and God's choosing of her. You see, Mary was just a woman, just really a teenager at this time, that God chose to use for a very special purpose, right? But she was just a human being like all the rest of us. Mary was simply a sinner saved by grace. Chosen by God, yes, for a special task, yes, but Mary was was, was just a human being saved by God's grace, just like any of the rest of us. Amen? Interestingly enough, 
The Greek word charistao, translated found favor here, um, is the same term used of all believers over in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. I want you to look at this with me, if you will. We pick up kind of in the middle of the sentence. It's one of Paul's long sentences, but we pick up here in verse 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So, in other words, that's the same word, that's, the Greek word that's translated here in Luke chapter 1, found favor with, um, or highly favored one. And so, we have been saved by God's grace if we are right with God. Amen? It's not by our works. It's not by anything we do. It's by the grace of God um, and hit what Christ did on the cross to pay for our sins. So God saves us by his grace. Friends, but God also chooses us by his grace to be used in some particular way. I believe that God chooses. If God saved you, he's also chosen to use you in his purposes. Okay? Uh, think about this for a minute. It makes sense. Um, now, obviously not like Mary, right? Mary had a specific, very unique, specific purpose. But God has chosen to use each and every... If you're saved, God has chosen to use you. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Amen? The moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to reside in your heart. And Scripture also teaches us that if you're a believer, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, that God has also gifted you. He has given you spiritual gifts, at least one, probably more than one, but he's gifted you in a very specific way. Why has he gifted you like that? Does he gift you just so you can say, oh, wow, I've got these gifts? No, he gifts you with gifts and talents and to, in order for you to use them to serve him. And so God chooses us. He wants to use us to use our gifts to serve him. Amen? So by his grace, God has chosen us. He has a purpose and a plan to use us in a very powerful way. So number one, the first thing we need to understand is this, that God uses us by his grace. Number two, not only does God use us by his grace, friends, but second of all, God uses us as he sees fit. God uses us as he sees fit. God had a very special and unique purpose for Mary. Verse 31 tells us what it is, which you already know. It says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Friends, God used Mary for the specific purpose of birthing Jesus, of being the human instrument through which his son, the second person of the Trinity, would come to earth. And so Mary became the mother of the Messiah, the, the Savior, the one who was coming to be the Messiah, the Savior, to save us from our sins. Now, why did God choose Mary? Why did God choose Mary of all people for this specific purpose? Um, I believe there are some specific reasons. She was of the house of David, right? She was from Nazareth. She was a virgin. But she also probably wasn't the only one God could have chosen for this. 
The reality is we don't know why God specifically chose Mary other than to fulfill certain prophecies that he had said in the Old Testament and so forth. Um, but, But God chose her for his own reasons. God does what he wants to do how he wants to do it. Amen? God has his own reasons for what he does. And here's the thing. We don't always understand that. We don't always understand why. We don't always understand why God does what he does. What God does doesn't always make sense to us. But newsflash, it doesn't have to. Here's the thing we need to understand is, God doesn't have to explain himself to us. Who are we that we want to tell God what to do? Or we want to, we want to God, you need to tell me what's going on here. <laughs> No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to tell us anything. We, are, we, ought to be, we ought to feel blessed that he's told us as much as he has. Um, maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense to us because we don't have all the info. Um, maybe it doesn't make sense to us because, because we don't see the big picture. If you've ever served in a leadership position, in any organization or group or team or anything, there are sometimes you have to make decisions for the group or you have to lead the group to make decisions and so forth. And sometimes in that, you can't, for various reasons, share with the group all the reasons behind the decisions you're making. And so when you are in a group and somebody leading makes a decision that you don't understand or agree with or whatever, here's one of the things you always need to remember is maybe you don't have all the info. Maybe you don't fully understand the situation. Yeah, maybe that leader is making a bad decision. It could be. But maybe you just don't know as much as you think you do. I know I've been in that position before to criticize others that, have, that, that are leading or, or that are I mean, in an organization and I don't like the way they're doing things. Man, we do that in our country all the time, don't we? We don't, know, we don't always know the big picture. Friends, the same thing is true with God. Let me promise you something. You don't know it all. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Friends, listen, God knows the big picture. And so why, when you're asking God why, why this, God, why did this happen? Listen, we can suppose, we can think, we can say, well, maybe it's this, maybe God's doing this, I don't know. And you know what? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Amen. We look back on things and we know the answer, but only God knows the future. And so we need to trust him. We need to trust God to do it as he sees fit. Friends, because just like in Mary's life, God often does things for a greater purpose. God does things for, because, uh, for, for reasons that we may not be able to grasp. We may not understand. We may not be able to see, friends. But here's, we can take confidence knowing that God knows the bigger picture. That, that, that what he's doing always relates to his bigger plan and it always relates to drawing people to himself. And we can take heart in the verse we all love, Romans eight twenty eight, that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good, friends. So what's our job in that? Our job is simply to submit to his plan and to his will and to what he wants to do in our lives. If we want to prepare to be God's instrument, 
And we need to understand, friends, that God uses people as he sees fit, not as we see fit. Number three, because here's some good news. Here's what we can count on, and that's the third reality I want to share with you and we need to understand and embrace this morning. That's this, friends, that God will always empower us to do what he's called us to do. Amen? He'll always empower us to do what he's called us to do. Um, you've, maybe you've heard it this way. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Okay? So God calls us, and then he equips us for what he wants to do. I want you to look at verse 34. Verse 34, we read, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, Mary's saying, how am I going to have a kid since I'm a virgin? How's that going to happen? Now, we see in other places where people question God, such as Zacharias. Remember, we talked about Zacharias and what happened. The angel shut his mouth till the time came. Um, I, I don't believe Mary here was questioning God in a, I don't believe you kind of way. It was more in a, okay, I'm, good. I'm up for this, but what do you want me to do here, God? Right? And so the angel answers The angel answered in verse 35 and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. What do you think the angel wanted her to know from what he just said? Did the angel want Mary to know all the details of how all this was going to work? That's That's what we want, isn't it? We want all the details. God, lay it out for me. Help me see the plan. Help me see step by step all this. You know, really what I think the angel wanted Mary to know here is, Mary, you don't need to understand the Holy Spirit's going to take care of this. Holy Spirit will come upon you, overshadow you, and just God's got this. The Holy Spirit will do this supernaturally. Now, that's a miracle, right? It's a miracle that the Holy Spirit's explaining to her. So, I believe in the next couple of verses, he uses a, an example of what we, one of the things we've already talked about. Look at verse 36. He says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And we talked about Elizabeth a couple weeks ago. Um, and so Elizabeth, um, it says, it calls her her relative. Uh, many have said they were cousins. Uh, I don't know. Well, here's what we know. Mary was very young. Elizabeth, it says, was it conceived in her old age? Now, what did that mean? Exactly how old was that that day? I don't know. 40, 50, 60? I, I don't know. But uh, they were related. Maybe cousins, maybe second cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, fifth cousins once removed. Hannah, I don't know. It's, uh, we were talking this, this week, and, um, you know, I don't know. How many, anybody understand all of that? It's my second cousin. That's my third cousin once removed. That's my kissing cousin. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, my daughter had a chart to pull out because we've got some, you know, we got, they've got cousins that are not really their first cousins, but they're my cousins. And we always, sometimes you call them uncle or aunt and all those things and whatever. And so anyway, Mary and Elizabeth were related. And basically what the angel was saying here, Mary, your, your relative who is really past childbearing age has conceived. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. In other words, Look at the next verse, verse 37. Here's what the angel's trying to say. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Mary, here's what you need to worry about. The Holy Spirit's going to do it because just like the Holy Spirit is, is given 
Elizabeth and Zacharias a son in their old age. He is now making you um, the mother of the Messiah. Very simply put, God said that he was going to do the work. Amen? That he would give her everything she needs, that he would empower her and fill her with his spirit, and that she just needed to be a willing vessel for his use. Friends, the same thing is true uh, for us. Whatever God asks us to do, he will empower us to do it. Amen? He will give us whatever we need. He will will give us the strength. He will give us the ability. He will give us the courage. He will give us the words. He will teach us what we need to know. You know what all God needs from, from you is your availability. It's all he needs, which leads to number four. The fourth reality I want to share with you we see in our text today is this. Praise that God uses people who are willing. God uses people who are willing. Look at verse 34 again. We looked at this a second ago, but how does Mary respond to what the angel has to say? Here in verse 34, Mary asked that question, how can this be since I do not know a man? I don't think Mary was, was questioning uh, God from the sense of she didn't believe. She just really, God, how's this going to happen? And then the angel gives a very specific, simple answer. Well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and do this. And then how does Mary respond to that? Look at verse 38. And that Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. In other words, behold, I, the term there means slave girl. Behold, Lord, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Very simply put, Mary says, you know what? I'm submitted to you, Lord. Let it be to me. Whatever you want for me, Lord, I'm here. I'm your servant. I'm willing. She wasn't worried about all the things that she could have been worried about, right? She wasn't worried about what other people think. She wasn't worried, would they believe her? Just think about, it. oh yeah, Mary, right. You're pregnant by, God, by the Holy Spirit, sure. We get that. Yeah. Would, would, she wasn't worried whether other people would think that she was unfaithful to Joseph. Um, it doesn't even say that she was worried about what Joseph would think. Remember, Joseph hadn't gotten the news yet. You remember what we talked about on uh, Friday night, I think it was, that what, what Joseph was planning to do because of this, she wasn't worried about all that. When people looked down on her, she didn't care. All she cared about was doing what God asked her to do. You know, there's a simple song that we have uh, sung um, here. It's been a while now, I think, here at Southside um, that has two words. Two words to the song, and maybe there's a verse, I don't know. But anyway, the chorus has two, two words. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Remember that? Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. I guess the three words. Amen, <laughs> right? Um, that needs to be our answer. When God asks us to do something, when he calls us to step out in faith, when he says, will you just serve me? What do you want me to do? What, all this, we want the, all the answers. Here's what God wants to hear from us. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Are you willing? Are you willing to do whatever God calls you to do? That ought to be our predetermined answer. Amen? 
Amen. Friends, we've seen that God uses people by his grace, by his choosing. We've seen that God uses people as he sees fit. We've seen that God will always empower us to do what he has called us to do. We've seen that God uses people who are willing. And the fifth reality that I want you to see in our text this morning is this, friends, that God uses people who have a proper perspective. God uses people who have a proper perspective. Because the reality is sometimes we get our perspective out of whack, don't we? You know, kind of like that horse, we want to drag God along instead of letting him lead us. I want you to look at how Mary responds. After going to visit Elizabeth, we don't know exactly when, but before she returned, Mary broke out in song, wrote this song, it's now called the Magnificat. Um, I, we're not going to read all of the text here of that, but I want you to look at the first few verses of this. Look at verse 46. It says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, declares the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The reality is God chose Mary to use her for a very specific task, a very honorable task, amen? An amazing task. And how did Mary respond? Mary responded by simply choosing to praise God for it. You know, um, she didn't try to take credit for anything. She didn't say, look, look how great I am, or look how great I'm going to be, or how all people are going to think so wonderfully of, of me. No, what she says is, God has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, and henceforth, everybody's going to call me blessed. She didn't say, I'm going to be great. People are going to People are going to venerate me. No, in fact, I, Mary would say, don't do that. Jesus is the one we need to venerate, amen? He's the one we need to worship. He's the one that we lift up. She just considered herself blessed, grateful to be used by the Lord in his purposes, amen? Pastor Steve Yeshik of Crystal Lake, Illinois, lost his sister Judy after a five-year battle with cancer. Judy was a woman who, as Steve, her brother, described her, before she got sick, was a party animal. She was a big drinker with a self-contented lifestyle. However, despite her drinking problem, everybody loved her. She was exuded excitement and a thrill for life and was just kind of the life of the party type of a person. When Steve, however, tried to share Jesus with her over the years, she would laugh it off and just keep partying. But at the age of 44, her world all of a sudden caved in. She found out that she had breast cancer. Later learned that her husband also had cancer as well. Adding to those two devastating events, she discovered that her husband was having an affair he told her that he didn't love her anymore and was leaving her. Yeah. It was in that context 
that she began to ask eternal type questions. Steve began to have the opportunity to talk with her and answer those questions and to lead her down a path, sharing the gospel with her. And it wasn't long before Judy prayed to receive Jesus as her Lord and her Savior. Amen. From that time until her death, Jesus and his word and his purpose became her number one priority. With the same gusto that she had lived life as an unbeliever, she now started living life as a believer. Her greatest aim became to win others to Jesus Christ. She boldly proclaimed her faith and shared her faith, even as she was going through difficult treatment after treatment, surgery after surgery. Praying for a miraculous healing from the Lord, but she came to understand and came to see that the greatest miracle would not just be for God to heal her. Was she praying for healing? Yes, she was praying for healing. But she came to understand that the greatest miracle would not be that God would heal her, but that God would use her for her friends and family to come to know Christ. She wanted to be an instrument used by the hands of God. She struggled in the latter days of her life, struggled for every breath. But even as she did this, even as she struggled and her health was going downhill, She talked her way out of the hospital about 10 days before her death so that she could be baptized and publicly proclaim Jesus as her Lord and Savior and the only way of salvation. As her baptism approached, she invited everyone she knew to come to her baptism service. At the service, the Holy Spirit led her to share her testimony powerfully and urgently to those who were there. And her 84-year-old father, as a result, came to faith in Christ and was baptized. Along with her ex-husband, a number of nieces, a college roommate, an aunt, a sister, and several others. Ten days later, Judy died. But her husband says, her her brother says, even still, even at her funeral, more people came to know Christ as Savior when her brother Steve read the message that she had prepared for her own funeral, another hundred people prayed to receive Christ as Savior. Friends, from the time Judy surrendered her life to Jesus as her Lord and Savior, she became surrendered to the Lord, became a powerful instrument to be used by God. How about you? You know, I think many times we accept Christ as our Savior, and then we just kind of become inward focused. God wants to use each and every one of us to do the same thing in other people's lives, lives as he's done in yours. Here on the last Sunday of 2021, I say this a lot at the end of the year, I know, it boggles my mind much as it does some of you, that we're here. As we head into 2022, um, what are you thinking about? Um, You're thinking about, man, I just want to move on. We all think about some of that. I get that. But are you thinking, are you realizing that God wants to use you? For some of you, that may mean 
maybe, maybe for some of you young people, maybe that means that God's calling you to surrender to full-time serving Him. Maybe for some of, some of you later in life, God's calling you to full-time serve Him. Here's what I can promise you. God's calling each and every one of us to serve Him right where we are. He's placed you in a specific place at this time for a specific purpose. He's put the people around you that he wants there. Yes, that person that irritates you is there for a reason. That person who is ungodly and you have to listen to their cursing and whatever else may be at work, he wants you not to just call them out and say, listen, you need to stop doing all. No, he wants you to share Christ and let God change their heart so that then he can do a work in their life. He wants you to be fully surrendered to him and allow you to work, allow him to work through you. Would you do that? Here's we head into 2022. Would you surrender to him? Wherever you are, would you say, yes, Lord? Yes. Yes, Lord, I'll serve you. I'll serve you. I'll serve you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, We are your servants. As those who have trusted you as Savior, we are yours. Lord, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Lord, I pray for each person here that you would speak to their heart, that you would speak to them, and Lord, that they would surrender to you. Whether they're young people, got maybe in a classroom, maybe in a dorm room, maybe maybe in the public schools that they can serve you. Maybe for those who are in their workplace and they're saying, man, I wish I was in a Christian environment. Friend, be careful what you wish for. There is no truly Christian total environment here. There's always a need to share Christ with others. God's placed you there for a reason. Stop worrying about what people are doing to you and start worrying about how God wants to use you to impact them. Lord, we submit ourselves to you today. Use us for your kingdom and for your glory by your grace. We're here for you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Southside Baptist Church's weekly sermon podcast. If there's any way that we can help you, or if you're looking for your next steps to further your journey with Jesus Christ, please contact us at info at southsidesbc.org. Thanks and have a great week.